Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Big Dudes in the Trenches podcast. I'm Doug. Over here's Bug and Tug. Hi. Hi. If you can't tell, I am congested. You probably already noticed because I sound terrible. But here's the thing. Here's my deal with y'all. You stay listening to the podcast. You can use this as an excuse to get off work sick the next day because you listen to a podcast and a guy on the podcast was contagious. Just your boss will believe you because they don't know technology. Trust Here, me. Here's the, here's the question, though. Are you going to call in sick tomorrow? Uh, no. Oh, well. No, because I'm, I'm stupid. <laughs> hey, you said but, it, not yeah. me. But everyone else can. It is express written consent from the NFL now that I've said it. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> we are we sure about that? I thought I didn't even yes. think we were an NFL show. So what are we? What are you going on about? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but it sounded cool when I said it. And I, I will say this: true. I think we at least know how to line up on sides. I, I don't know. You know, just saying. I don't know if that's <laughs> actually important because we're all sitting in chairs. Yeah, it, it it doesn't affect the play. Therefore, it's it's okay. It does, right? It doesn't affect the podcast. Therefore, we can be offsides all we want to be. That's, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. Oh, oh man. Yes, the rules, they don't apply anymore. Let's hit the slide. <laughs> I think they hey, apply yeah. somewhat. They apply in that we're picking basically every game in the world at this point. Not true. If it's in Every Division One college football game in the world, yeah. Uh, they were I, I don't know. I mean, we've we've picked uh, we've picked the Division Two and Division Three championships before. Why change now? Uh, because they're not happening this weekend. Fair. Checks. Or in between now and next show, so we're yeah, not picking I mean, this fair. show. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I do hold the narrow lead at the moment. Uh, Bug is staying alive back there. I'm very firmly in last place. I don't know what this staying alive crap is. Look, you're well, within I'm, striking distance of bowl season. And I last I checked, not. it is bowl season. I'm you not. keep saying this, but this happens every year. I make it interesting. I never come back, though. You did last year. I think you did both years. Was still, I still didn't win. Yeah, you did. No, I actually. didn't. Last year, you won. I won bowl season. You still yeah. beat me. Fine. It still counted for something, and I'm still scared of you. So, therefore. <laughs> I think you only won by three games, but that's besides the point. You still won. <laughs> that's terrifying. I don't have a big <laughs> enough lead to prevent that from happening again. So... <laughs> Oh, man, but this week we only have five games to pick. There were four quarterfinal games from the FCS and one Army-Navy game. We picked all five of them, of course, because why would we not? Starting us off here, the FCS playoffs. Yes, I love it. We're talking about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Trying to win a game here. Playoffs? Are you enjoying that over there? I'm thoroughly enjoying it for you. I mean, 
at least you know with doug being sick it actually works out really well yeah because this way he doesn't have to try and do it yeah i appreciate it uh (laughs) i do want to say that we we're starting off the weekend with an absolute banger friday night we had got the best game of the entire weekend Furman at montana the the best game of the playoffs previously belonged to SIU and Idaho. It was thoroughly surpassed by this one. I said yeah. it when the game started. This this was a semifinal matchup, uh, but Furman decided to sit their starters against Wofford, and then yeah. their backups couldn't even beat them. So that's why we got it in the uh, in the quarterfinals here. And I do legitimately think at this point that if Furman had beaten Wofford and was the number two seed, and Montana was a three. Furman might get the edge here at home against Montana. The snow, the altitude, that game going to overtime. Man. Right. Yeah. Right. It it took every ounce of everything Montana had to win this game, including two kick return touchdowns, one kickoff, one punt. If this was purely offense defense, Furman wins this game by two scores. But yeah, but it keeps it the- close. And then overtime happens. This is gonna be a theme, I think, throughout the weekend. Uh, special teams has to be special. I think it's just further proof that kickers and punters are not humans and they don't deserve a place on the team. Because it's basically <laughs> and kick returners level. are okay for now. And Devin Hester belongs in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I do want to talk about a little bit, though, what happened at the end of this game. So when Furman scored a touchdown with 13 seconds left on the clock, they had a chance to go for two and win the game. Yeah. They settled for one, forcing overtime. I'm back and forth in my head whether or not that was the right decision. Because here, here's the thing. They only allowed two touchdowns all game to Montana's offense. So there is some thought of, well, we can stop them. But also, you're on the road in a playoff game. You have a chance to go for the win. Why would you not? Right, so there's... Isn't that the old when, saying, tie at home, went on the road? Yeah. Well, and then the other thing that it came down to, and this really affected them, is it gave Montana's defense a chance to regroup. Right? Right. That defense in overtime was not the defense they had drove down the field and scored on before the end of the regulation. Um, I mean, we can we can Sunday night college quarterback this all day, but... It's a tough one, the way to go out like that, especially when the defense comes out and absolutely shuts you down in overtime. I mean, I agree that we shouldn't go back and, you know, Monday quarterback it. But at the same time, I feel like we've all all been relatively consistent that you should be aggressive and we're not going to punish you for being aggressive in that spot. We're going to punish you for being hesitant. You know, play to win. Don't don't play not to lose. Yeah. I I think I'm – probably one of the biggest proponents of that i mean we we'll get to that in the navy game too true true yeah but that's that's a little while from now this next one villanova at south dakota state another one where i think home field played a bit of a factor despite the fact that it was pretty empty for this one with the snow coming down there was no snow that i saw in this game it was just 40 mile an hour winds yeah that's right um No, the yeah, the, this wind, was the wind one. Yeah, the wind definitely had a major effect uh, on this game. Uh, yeah. And realistically, Including. I think this was just a war of attrition that the Jackrabbits were better conditioned for. Um, 
because Nova came out. They started the game great. Uh, they were shutting down all of the offensive weapons we had talked about on the Jackrabbits. Uh, they were moving the ball steady. It was kind of a defensive battle at the time. Uh, the not people on the team kickers were having a bad game. But then the th- about halfway through the third quarter is when Isaiah Davis started to get hot. That uh, that Villanova team looked very tired. Uh, and, and that was the game right there. Yeah, and yet again, we had a punt return touchdown that kept the Jackrabbits in it in the first half. Special teams without have that, to be special. Without that return, honestly, I don't know if the Jackrabbits can come back even as much as that was a, a tired Villanova team in the second half. That being a 10-9 game at the half feels yeah. way different than being a 9-3 game Villanova. I'm not sure the Wildcats come out feeling as poorly as they do. That's like, I agree. Like I said, I was surprised the entire game watching it that Villanova hung around as long as they did. Yeah. I, I really wasn't because this is this is the same thing. We've seen South Dakota State struggle twice this year. This is the second time. The first time, Doug, you and I were at that game in Carbondale and shutting down Isaiah Davis and containing containing Isaiah Davis and shutting down Mark Kronowski. They don't they struggle from the same thing that I saw SIU's offense struggle with. They don't have a lot of you know, guys at receiver. They have a few guys they can depend on here and there, but they don't have somebody that's a consistent target. And not having that, while you think, oh, they spread the ball around a little bit more, that's better. Gronowski didn't really, if he didn't have something clear to get to, he didn't have anything. And then if you're able to contain Isaiah Davis, that one touchdown he got was what, a 45, 50 yard run? It was a breakaway, just an absolute collapse on the defense there. You expect that's going to happen at least once, especially with a rushing attack like South Dakota State. I think Villanova did everything they needed to do. Yeah, That punt return really is the difference in the game. I mean, you can say that, but when the Janky brothers are on, they're on. Yankee. Jacks. Yankee. It's I call them jankies because fair it's enough. Fun. I'm just saying it correct for everyone else, but yeah, fair. I, I've, I've mispronounced right? a couple. I mispronounced a couple FCS names on purpose, and usually you guys don't correct me, and it's fun for me. Like we'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to Anton Yunkai later for Albany that I called Junkage last game, and you had nothing to say. So lay off me. It's Jaden and Jackson Janky. <laughs> <laughs> but Jackson Yankee caught the touchdown pass from Gronowski in the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Yankee is equally productive, almost exactly identical stat lines on the season. When they get hot, it's yeah. at different times. So it's, yes, maybe you don't have one dominant receiver, but that receiving game is still talented enough to get you out of tight spots when it needs to be. Yep. And and like I said, you, you could see it. The wind was so bad this game. And I, I do want to circle back to this because it was a major effect. Like there were balls that looked like they had the right amount of touch that were overflying receivers going one way, falling way short, going the other way. And then, like I said, the kicking game was just a mess. Uh, they were at, I, I think um, Villanova was at the 30, the plus 35 and could still punt it because they were kicking into the wind and still get a yep. not a guaranteed touchback. It's it's absolutely wild uh how that wind was. But wind we go was, for- it was the wind that affected that point after, right? Yep. On the second Pushed quarter. It. So Yep. So with with that even it would might have been a tied game at the half. Yep. Um 
So we went from the snow game to the wind game, and now we're into two dome games. Well, this is uh, the beatdown, as it probably should be called, uh, because holy shit, North Dakota State came to play. <laughs> South Dakota was happy being in the in the quarterfinals here. Uh, they made it far. They were like, you know what? We'll pack it in and absolutely did not show up for this game at home. I, I'm shocked on this one. Yeah, it was 35-3 to three at half. I'm not shocked at the winner. <laughs> like, let me rephrase. I'm not shocked. Right. Like, I thought this was going to be a close game, but that's the thing. I thought this was going to be a close game that could go either way. This was not even a contest. Yeah, I picked North Dakota State, and I was still stunned at this outcome here. Yeah. Yeah. It did include a punt return touchdown for North Dakota State. All right, we're three for three so far. Can we go four for four? I'm pretty sure we can. Uh, <laughs> also, Cam Miller is playing very well. It's just – it's hard to evaluate a quarterback like this, right? Because he throws for 100 yards and one touchdown. But also, he is probably the most important player on the field. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like he did a whole lot. At the same time, it feels like he did a little bit of everything they needed him to do. And he gets a rushing touchdown in there as well. It's just – wow. I – the North Coast State team is hard to pin down what you should really expect from them week to week. At the same time, it feels like we can start to expect some dominance. This North Coast State-Montana game is going to be incredible. I cannot wait. It's in Missoula. so I'll tell you what I can't wait for. I can't wait for the potential of another Missouri Valley Conference final. Another Dakota marker, second in a row. Yeah, back I mean, to back. I would rather we didn't for the sake of, you know, FCS football as a whole, but you do you. It's fun. <laughs> Man, I, sure, let's, I know let's we, just uh, keep having saying, talent conglomerate into South Coast State, North Coast State forever. That's fine, I guess. We keep saying we it. And it I, know the it, level. I know it's not going to happen, but there has these two schools have to be getting calls from some FBS Level conference. Why would any FBS conference want to add them to their conference to run the show for the next decade? That'd be <laughs> stupid for the FBS conference. Unless you get a new FBS conference in there, which the snow belt needs to happen. The snow <laughs> belt is, I'm down with the snow belt. That would be I, great for college football. But I mean, realistically, until that happens, you, you're not going to get called up. Why would the MAC want NDSU or South Dakota State? I'm Why would the more, Mountain West want them? Money. Why would They're, Conference USA want them? These guys they are starting to – they don't because they don't get the opportunity, right? They don't have the capacity. They don't have the facilities for that kind of investment. They don't have South Dakota the, State – so I've been looking at – South Dakota State's been investing a lot into their facilities, kind of making sure. it look like they're starting to push that way. And if that happens, that's great, but they're not there yet. Yeah. And no FBS conference is going to legitimately want them at the moment because they're going to run the show. I, the next decade. I am very interested in the snow belt taking the top half of the uh, big sky in the top half of the Missouri Valley. Right. I would be very interested in the snow belt. That would be very cool. Oh, yeah. I would love that, but we'll see. And we're, There's back, also a, a and we're back to the Power the 5, FBS. just like that. <laughs> we're, we're on the – the FBS has a moratorium on new conferences, so it will have to be a change of – NCAA rules to allow that to happen. Well, they're they they're changing rules like crazy so, now. Anyway. I mean, it, they're it, about to pay all these. They teams, just need somebody to want the money. That's all it means is 
you can do that, but it's for a fee now. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. But get the Dakotas, get the Montanas, get, I don't know, a couple others, and just. I, I'd bring SIU. Be great. Nah. No. Nah. Not I'm as much. Probably. Illinois tuition is already too goddamn high. If they pulled that, <laughs> if they pulled them up to a power five or not even a power five, just an FBS level conference. No, I, I do think there's going to be a big shakeup here with the potential for a third subdivision. I think the FBS will try to bring up a few conferences at the same time, rather than, um, I mean, we've been, school by we've school. been saying for a while that it probably is just going to end up being three sections of, or three subdivisions of Division yeah. One, and it, it really does feel right. like it's going that way. There's well, already they, been reports of a lot of school, like uh, what was the one school? Eastern Washington might have to cut their football program, and that was before the announcement that the NCAA <laughs> is going to allow student athletes to become employees of the university and be paid, which is going to cause a massive issue for fcs programs especially it's wait i missed that update the last one i had heard is that the president of the ncaa recommended that there be a new division one subdivision that allowed for the basically what you're saying okay it's not everybody it's just going to be and the the terminology put on is the schools with the resources to do it which basically means the sec and the big here's, here's the other thing. We don't know everything yet, and so I kind of don't care. It's going to be what it is. Let's move on. We have another okay. we have another semifinal game, and this one is the best game of the weekend, part two. So, <laughs> <laughs> something about that Kibby Dome. Uh, this game went exactly as I expected it would for the first three quarters, and yep. then the fourth quarter happened, and that was also kind of what I thought might happen, but it just went harder than I expected. So. <laughs> Idaho was able to mostly stop Albany's offense. There were a couple of huge plays, three touchdowns to Brevin Easton, a 64-yard, a 39-yard, and a 30-yard touchdown throw. I mean, you're going to allow a couple of those. It's Reese, Poffenbarger, and Brevin Easton. Also, that last one in the fourth quarter, perfect, perfect throw. Drop it in the bucket, back in the end zone. Here's the other thing I didn't expect, though, is that they actually allowed a couple of huge drives in there as well. Idaho hasn't really allowed that for most of the season, actually, and Albany was able to do it. So I didn't anticipate Albany's offense traveling as well as it did, even though I thought they would make it very close. And I I expected it would be a great game, but holy shit, this delivered. I, I saw the potential for this watching Idaho versus SIU last week. Idaho got bailed out a couple of times when SIU could have really taken control of that game, and I thought Albany was just better enough that they weren't going to let an opportunity like that fall through their hands like the Salukis did. I'm not saying – I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not impressed with the Vandals. I think they had a great season – but the past two games kind of showed why I was hesitant taking them pretty much all season. It's, I mean, it's, sure, but also they were playing two of the best teams in the sport. <laughs> the this is, I saw so, you barely made it in the playoffs. Let's let's calm down here. 
Okay, sure. <laughs> it was round two of the playoffs. It's, like they're one of the better teams in the sport. It's worth noting too that Idaho is still a really young team, so this is very promising for them. I mean, uh, yeah, but half of them are transferring now. So I I'm luck. not gonna lie, I had to work yesterday, so I did have to go to sleep during this game. I had it on as I fell asleep, so I missed pretty much the entire second half. Damn. That's brutal. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, I will tell you, you did not miss a kick return touchdown. This was the only game in the FCS that did not have one. Uh, But let's move on to the best game of the weekend, part three. (laughs) This was the best FBS game of the weekend, hands down. I mean, it was also the only one. Hey, we don't need to put stipulations on it. Can we can we talk about who won the jersey battle though? Like it's it's clear and so obvious see, who won this one. Seeing them in person, like on TV and not in just still shots, I personally liked Armies better. No shot. I I personally did. That I mean, you're entitled to your wrong opinions. I think I did too. <sighs> so here's the thing. I love what Navy did. I actually was excited to see the the prismatic paint job on the helmets. I don't think it worked exact like as good as it could have. I think they went with the wrong color on the prismatic colors there. That's I didn't like the way it looked as it as they turned their heads. And then armies was just simplistically army. They changed it up too much. The everybody would have been confused. Um armies is just a simple clean design and I like the way it held. I didn't like how yellow it looked on the field, I guess. Fair. That would be my one critique. Make it a little bit uh, tan, more tan than yellow. But I did actually like Army's uniform. I Sorry, think we buddy. can all say this. Both uniforms looked a lot better in the still shots than they did on the field. Actually, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. <laughs> Uh, also, I will say that we talked about this last show, so I do want to point it out. Every Navy player had the Marine Corps logo on their pants, which I thought would have been really cool if they had it to where it was only the Marine Corps commissions would get the Marine Corps logo. But that'd be probably be they do that. They so. do that every year, and I always hope that that's what they'll do. They'll just have Navy on some of them, Marines on the other. Yeah, but no, we we can't be too creative now. I know I- it'd be fun. I will say I did like how Navy had each of their individual unit patches on the jersey, though, kind of like Air Force does with their jerseys, too. So the unit that they're part of at at the Naval Academy, they had those patches on there. But let's not belabor the point anymore. Let's remind everybody what the score and the the picks were here. Look, standard Navy, they left everybody hoping they would be good, wanting just a couple more inches. Jesus. Wow. That's uh, a thing that you that, just said. I'll give look, me that. Here's here's the thing. Navy really didn't show up until about the last five minutes of this game. Yeah. Um and they were yeah. driving very well at the at the end there. They put themselves in a position with one second left uh to, to go score. Army knew what was coming. Everybody knew what was coming. They went Ran the quarterback up the middle and Army stuffed it. Army won the line of scrimmage. Doug, like you said, that's why Navy was not in our offensive line of the year conversation. Uh, if not, we probably would have had all three service academies in there. Well, right. and all 
I'll be honest too. You had picked Army, and that was the only reason I took Navy. I, you didn't change it to Air Force until after I put my pick in. I was literally just going like, "There's no way I'm taking Army on the like. There's no way we're all going to take Army on this one." That was kind of where I was sitting. I, I would have loved. I, I really I, thought Army was going to win. I never put Army on there. It was showing Army was, when I came in here. I had that always just, had Air Force. That was just me. Oh, um, he put he put Army over the top. I don't know. Either I way, I <clears throat> I thought Army would probably win this game, but I sure as hell wasn't going to let us get uh, get memed by it. And by taking Air Force, let's be real, you basically took Army because you were hoping for – or you basically took Navy. That's exactly yeah. what I said on the show. Yeah, so, exactly and I didn't allow it because he picked Air Force, and so he lost either way. I wasn't going to give him a point. Oh, that's way. trash. <laughs> 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 Fuck you. <laughs> Oh fuck you! <laughs> you no, both so, have done this this weekend, or th- this. I, it this didn't. Year. It didn't matter. You lost anyway. Yeah, fuck facts. yourself. So this game was ten nothing at halftime, and then when Army strip sacked, scoop and scored seventeen to three, I was confident enough to put in the Discord the game was over, which was so boy, dumb. Oh boy. <laughs> Because the Navy scores a touchdown like two minutes later, which is the most life their offense had ever had. Yep. Probably in the history of the school. I know. (laughs) Look, if I'm if I'm Navy fans, I'm real upset because I know for a while this year Navy had actually started the freshman. I think he got hurt, but Ty Lavatai comes back in and they're passing and he looks good doing (laughs) it. Offense and I'm like better. I'm like, this this team's gonna be good next year. And then I looked because I didn't realize that the freshman had gotten hurt and I'm like oh god he's a senior there goes all of their hope again like <laughs> yeah but here's the thing they ran one route concept the entire way down the field but it worked one little hitch route that worked every play because army was giving them the space because you don't want to give up anything over the top in that situation you're gonna <laughs> army allow forgot... eight yards at a time army forgot the second part of that plan which is let them Tackle. catch it short tackle them short not right. let them catch it short give them 10 yards <laughs> army strong yeah. not army smart yeah. uh back back to the the aggressive decision we were talking about we had this debate uh in maybe not debate i think we all kind of agreed uh army's last drive uh there's what 230 left in the game ish fourth and two they're g- averaging on this specific play, uh, they started with two penalties to put them at first and 20. They were averaging, I want to say, five or six yards of carry yeah. uh, to to try and close this game out. Navy stopped them on third down. And, Bug, you called it out, and you are exactly right. This is the type of decision that I don't like Troy Calhoun over. Again, you play for the win, and this this one's a tough one for, for Army. Uh, and definitely the way it played out put more into the basket of just go for it and what happens happens because they ended up punting it and they returned it to basically where they had punted it from anyway. Right. Um, it's a rivalry game. I, I understand what can happen. I understand your defense has been pretty good all game. At that point, I would say Navy had just exposed something because they had started passing the previous drive too. And that's, that's what got them down there. Um, I, I go for it there, and I, I go to put it put everybody out of their misery and end the game there. Uh, now, on the counterpoint to that is being overly aggressive, like being down 17-3 and going for two when you score the first touchdown because I still don't know. Right. 
because of math, they were going to have to go for two at some point anyway to get the win. So To get the yeah. win, sure, but put yourself where you can make the decision of go for the tie or go for the win. Don't put yourself I, into where you need to go for two now to tie it. Is I would rather I would rather go for two twice, personally. If I know I'm already try- playing for the win, <laughs> I'd rather go for two twice. <laughs> I guess my, my issue there, because I'm kind of of the same mindset in what you're describing, but going for two twice for the win kind of puts me the the Dude, second time you're going for it's for the tie. That's where go, my issue go for comes two in. to tie or go for two to win. I don't like what what's more of a high pressure situation. It's kind of the same, especially when passing plays are not your bread and butter. Because if they were a passing offense, they make the first one anyway. If uh, agreed, sure. And but I, if you don't go for two in that spot, you give yourself a chance to win an in correct. regulation. Correct. Uh, and I think where I'm coming from here, uh, like as I'm thinking about it, like I get what you're saying, and, and part of me agrees with it. But the you, you're just putting yourself in. You're taking away your your any chance you had at surprise. Like there's no guarantee if you are 16, 17, you go for one on that first one, you score again. It's 16, 17. I can go for two and I have the element of surprise, or I go for one and take it to OT. Right, that option is there. Versus now. Everyone in their brother knows you're going for two. So the defense will already have a plan or in a play ready to go from the last time out that says, hey, here's what they're going to do. Here's how we're going to defend it. But didn't matter because yeah, they got stopped on the goal but, line. And- but <laughs> because maybe you got so close to the end zone, I'm sorry if you took the under in this game because <laughs> the auto safety army took to end the game, pushed this game over the over under we got to see the last score of a regular season of college football be an intentional safety Safety. that is so beautiful (laughs) almost as good as what we're going to see in the iowa game but we will talk about that when we get to bowl when we get to our bowl previews just wait oh man so we do have a tie Uh, it's not me this week it's not me i went Uh, two and three but yeah yes it is not (laughs) yeah Third place <laughs> is definitely Tug. Facts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I can't take credit for this meme. This was one I found on Twitter, but also it is very true and it's very it's accurate. <laughs> Nobody's ever tuned in for an Air Force game. <laughs> I have. Oh man, so <laughs> So bug the bugging is happening. Uh, it has four begun. And one, four and one, and self admittedly would have been five and zero oh if he didn't misread the one slide earlier and claim Navy because he felt like he had to. So <laughs> the, the bugging, it's coming. Almost had a perfect <laughs> week. Yeah, safety. <laughs> I won on an intentional safety. It's I do. I also got a little bit of a safety cushion against Tug here. It fits you did. perfectly. It's great. You did. <laughs> the safety dance. I love it. So you yeah. got a nine-game lead going into bowl season against me? Total? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Around there. We'll Maybe. do math later. I think we're going to have to do this on winning percentage. Next year, We've we got have a yeah, three-game lead on me. It, yeah. It's by winning percentage, Good. Bug. So you're probably closer to me than you think you are. 
Very true. Sure. Very true. So we talked about our finalists for the BDT Awards last episode. We spent like an hour and a half, two hours on finalists. And then we sent it to polls on X. And you guys helped us decide. So now we are announcing the winners of each of our awards this season. Let's Dude, get after it. As as we're talking about this, I'm not going to lie. I've definitely thought about like going to some random trophy shop and just sending this to the programs to see if but it i just we 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 need we need help guys follow us follow us on patreon follow us subscribe to us on twitch and youtube we'll make something happen we'll start sending out awards to these guys i mean the least we can do is tweet at them and hope that one for now responds yeah for now (laughs) or i mean we get to the fcs coach of the year uh at least one of those guys is active on twitter currently so maybe we'll get him to respond. Is there one one of the guys that's young enough to be active on Twitter in the FCS? Uh, it apparently doesn't matter. We'll get there when we get there. All right. <laughs> but starting us off with the Power 5 quarterback of the year, it does go to Jaden Daniels of LSU, also the Heisman Trophy winner. I was going to say, it. I am glad to see him win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, he absolutely was the most outstanding player in college this year, just all around type player. Uh, and the Heisman's not about wins. It's about standing out the most on that is Jaden Daniels. I get it. But on principle, Jordan Travis's team is not in the playoff because Jordan Travis is hurt. So he's the best player in college football. In Jordan Travis's team is not in the playoff because ESPN didn't like the prospect of putting Correct. FSU in the I, playoff. I agree. Reason. But when they hide behind, oh, your quarterbacks hurt. That's why we're not picking you. Right. I'm not going to take away from Jaden Daniels just because somebody else Agreed. mistreated FSU. I'm going to give the kid the credit. He earned the Heisman this year. That's, well, I'm that's not an I'm LSU at. fan anyway, so I'll, I'm, I'll, also, I mean, I'm not really an FSU fan either, but I'll definitely <laughs> take away from Jaden Daniels just to put it to ESPN a little bit more. Also, the amount of badly aged newspapers, comments, and everything that came out of Arizona State from Jaden Daniels winning the Heisman, comments from former players saying, clean out his locker he sucks anyway look no, at him now arizona just arizona state just sucks i've seen someone say herm edwards is now clearly the worst coach in college football like history i mean that's debatable there it, are plenty of options for that there there is but it is debatable now <laughs> charlie weiss has to be on that list anyway moving on group of five quarterback of the year Came down to these four gentlemen, but our winner was Liberty's Caden Salter. I'm starting to see a theme here, and I think this is the way the NFL is, not just the NFL, but football as a whole is evolving. It's that dual threat that that everyone's looking for now. It's not just your pure pocket passer. It's guys that can make the plays no matter what's going on. I think in college, absolutely. The the jury's still out at the out at the NFL level as far as the, as far yeah. as the, the NFL. They're looking for the dual threat because they want the ability to get out of the pocket and make a play, but they don't want the Cam Newton type scrambler uh, or uh, to Anthony Richardson uh, this year. Uh, they they don't want a quarterback to go out and get himself hurt, but they want the running ability to get out the pocket and make a play. That's what I see. Okay. Next up, the FCS quarterback of the year. <laughs> uh, we did have Reese Boffenbarger as one of 
our finalists, but he did not win, even though he threw the ball beautifully. It came down to, again, the running ability of a different quarterback. Matthew Sluka is our winner. This guy's been one of your favorites all year, Doug. For the last, like, two years. So, you know, is what it is. <laughs> no, he makes Holy Cross fun. And now that their head coach is going to JMU and Sluka is in the transfer portal, be very There's, exciting. Yeah. To see a couple of Holy Cross guys end up at JMU. We'll see what happens. Could be very fun. Uh, he yep. is the most pure combination of running and passing that we have in college football at the moment. Like, as almost one for one, brushing yards and passing yards, it is insane. <laughs> And very fun. <laughs> Next up, our offensive player of the year for the Power Five. It is Marvin Harrison Jr. of the there any Ohio State University. <clears throat> uh, There's a lot of good yeah. conversations there. And just to kind of highlight who we had in there, I have now started to say uh, that if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I'm looking to move up based on the issues they've had at receiver all year. I'm looking to make a move for either Romo Dunze or find my way up to Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, these guys are that level of playmaker. Uh, it would be very interesting to see that happen. Marvin Harrison is going to light up the NFL, even with Good reports. Up that far. <laughs> e- even with reports that boosters are out there saying they will get him an NIL deal worth as much as his rookie contract. So. I don't think he's coming back, but the rumors are getting heavy. I mean, we we started off our conversation pre-show talking about quarterbacks are getting one to two million dollars now. Yeah. Uh, if you pay a wide receiver twenty-five million dollars to come back to school for one year, you're fucking stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> so Marvin Harrison Jr., go to the NFL. You've earned it. Just go. And I'm I, not I say you eighty million dollars. But would for you one not? Hold on. But would you not love to see? Cameron Ward passing. He's not coming to Ohio State anyway. Let's move on. I will say like my heart further. Fuck you. There's no there was no doubt in my mind that Marvin Harrison Jr. was gonna win our award, but he did only win the Bolitnikoff by one point over Malik Neighbors, who didn't even make our finalists. And yet he was clear and away the fourth finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, so it's crazy. <laughs> These award voters are Something <laughs> kind of like the, the committee voters. Here's here's the killer for me is it's the same people. No, it's not. Not really. I, they're not both AP awards. No. Yeah. I mean, not every Heisman Trophy winner in history gets a vote. There's the College Football Writers Association gets oh, votes right. in different categories. Whatever. It's a whole ordeal. Uh, group of five offensive player of the year. We're handing this to Troy's Kamani Bidal. What a sensational season running the football for the Trojans. I'm I'm just saying. I know a coach that could very easily expand this running game a lot further, and this would be a lot more fun next year with him. You're on the Troy Calhoun to Troy train. Yeah, yeah I am. Oh, geez. Our FCS Offensive Player of the Year goes to running back 
Isaiah Davis of South Coast State. After watching this semifinal game, I think this is the most deserving uh, player on the Jackrabbits team. I know it, for every category we have somebody on the Jackrabbits in here, uh, but for <laughs> offensive, <laughs> but for offensive player, I, this offense runs through Isaiah Davis, and what I mean by that is he might not have the most touchdowns, and he still has a lot of them. They might pass the ball efficiently, but they pass the ball efficiently because they set the pass up with the run game the entire game. It wears down the defense. And he's a good dump-off option. Yeah. No, exactly. This is an all-purpose back. I love it. Uh, and he is. I think he is the key to that offense. And our defensive player of the year for the Power Five. A couple of great options at every level of the defense. But our winner is... Oh, the big man himself. <laughs> the big dude in the trenches, Devondre Sweat from Texas. A little bit of nose tackle, a little bit of just defensive tackle. A gap, B gap, wherever you want to put him. He can wreck shit and make yep. it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Very fun to watch and very deserving. Does the defensive line train continue when we head to the group of five? We had a couple of defensive back finalists here. But in the end, we do go with Jalen Green of James Madison. He's going to have a chance to make a lot of tackles in a bowl game coming up. Like a lot of them. Well, that'd be insane if he did because he's out for the season with a leg injury. Well, leg then surgery. he no longer does. So that'd be really cool if he came back for the ball game a month later. <laughs> be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> no, the, the stat to highlight for him is he was very close to tying the FBS sack record for a season, and he missed three games because of his leg injury. So Jalen Green not getting much love as of late because he was out for the month of November. But here the BDT, we recognize real. Facts. <laughs> and then the FCS, a couple of more defensive back and linebacker options. But does it come down to the defensive lineman? Yes, it does. Anton Yunkai. Of Albany, which I called junkage like four times last episode. You didn't stop me. I wouldn't know. Yeah, you really were barking up the wrong tree here. (laughs) I know, but that's kind of the point. It made me laugh a lot after the show. I didn't didn't laugh at all during the show. I kept a straight face. I was very proud of myself. But Young Kai was phenomenal all season, and we might see his great Danes later, the defensive line of the year. But individually, he was our favorite player on the defensive side of the ball. In the Power Five Offensive Line of the Year, a couple of Midwest, a couple of West Coast finalists here. Big Ten and ACC. And, All Big Ten, one ACC. In the end, we do go with Oregon. The Big Ten. Very nice. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson is declared for the NFL draft. He is my favorite center in this upcoming draft class and one of the best centers in Oregon football history. Uh, Statistically, this is by far and away the best offensive line of the year. Also, just watching them play, you can tell 
nobody's getting past these guys. And yet Michigan still somehow won the award, the one that matters more than ours. But, you know, we're, we're looking out for you, Oregon. We got you. We see you out there all the way in the Northwest. Group of five offensive line of the year. A couple of service academy finalists. Not Navy, though. Get wrecked. <laughs> for very obvious reasons. <laughs> in the end, though, we are going with the Liberty Flames offensive line with a couple of great running performances by the quarterback, Caden Salter, and by running back, Quentin Cooley. This was headed by the offensive line for Liberty, who also didn't give up like any sacks. So in addition to being great run blockers, they proved themselves to be pretty powerful and disruptive pass blockers. It it would have been nice to see the diesel in there. But again, I had talked about this last week. Uh, That fall off, it, it rang through the program. It was on the offensive line. Every every position was affected. And the last four weeks, at least for me personally, made a big difference in the way I rank these teams. In the FCS offensive line of the year, we had uh, three Missouri Valley finalists, and one of them comes away with the award is South Dakota State. So I learned this this weekend, and I'm a I'm a sucker for for offensive line nicknames. These guys go by the 605 Hogs, which is just absolutely baller. Uh, and they they win at the point of attack almost every play. Uh, when they don't, the offense stalls out. We saw that this past weekend. Man, I, South Dakota State's definitely deserving of this award uh, for offensive line of the year. How are they going to claim to be the 605 Hogs when South Dakota Univ- or University of South Dakota also could claim to be the 605 Hogs? They just get to it first. That's going to be my guess, yeah. Yeah, the entire state of South Dakota's area code is 605. Because there's like seven people that live there. I can confirm there's at least more than seven. (laughs) (laughs) You missed the best part of that joke. Moving on. (laughs) Power 5 defensive line of the year. Came down to a couple of great pass rushing, a couple of great run defense options and the end we go with a combination of both here it is the university of texas and again i have to point out this picture is from the spring game but it's just so perfect literally everyone on the defensive line tackling the same guy at the same time that's <laughs> how yeah. this was the whole, the whole year that, yeah. <laughs> for the group of five defensive line of the year a couple of upstart options who really came out at the end of the season. We went with the consistent one all season long. James Madison dominated across that front. I'm I'm starting to see a theme here that if defensive linemen won our defensive player of the year, defensive line as unit wins defensive line of the year. That is a good theory. Let's see if it holds up in the FCS because Albany was one of our finalists along with a couple of Missouri Valley teams and Florida A&M. But in the end, actually, we go with the Salukis here. I, I think this is definitely one of the most deserving teams here. Uh, and it brings up an interesting matchup looking ahead into the FCS semifinals. The 605 Hogs, who just won our offensive line of the year, definitely struggled against the Salukis defensive line. Uh, they, and they just hap- uh, started to struggle against Nova's defensive line. Both really good units. So it brings up a very interesting 
um, matchup coming into uh, next week with uh, Albany also being a finalist here. But the Salukis are hands down the most deserving team of this award this year. Yeah, this was the fuel of the team along with like the defensive line and two other players made the Salukis this season. (laughs) It was kind of incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Still fun to watch though, which was the incredible part. Very fun to watch. Power five coach of the year. We have four finalists from four different conferences. A combination of exceeding and meeting expectations through some hardships. In the end, we go with Mike Norvell of Florida State, who goes 13-0, ACC champions, even with the injury at quarterback, even with everybody doubting towards the end. That upset went over LSU at the beginning of the year. Also did a little bit. Feels good going back to review the season as a whole. Yep. Yeah, you know, the upset win that everybody wants to try and downplay because they didn't want to put him into the playoff. Yeah, that one. Yep. Yeah. You know, this that game really we talked about it at the time. We were pretty willing to say, hey, we think FSU is back, but we also started kind of being in our minds like, well, is LSU like FSU's back, but where's this put LSU? The thing is, LSU's back too. LSU was back this year with Jaden Daniels. Unfortunately, they just they they lost one too many games. I think they're a two loss team. We're talking a completely different story about that team, but yep, as it sits, uh, you know, three loss team and don't get the credit they deserve. And the group of five, we did not have four different conferences represented. We only had two different conferences represented by our finalists here: two we conference was- USA, two American. Baller, still most baller picture down in the bottom left over there well we're gonna make it a little bit bigger good let's make sure everybody sees this jerry kill of new mexico state does win group five coach of the year for the big dudes in the trenches there's no secret here he as as a show we tend to latch on to either teams or coaches or players and this is one of those here this is bug's favorite person on the earth (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's he's only been my favorite coach since uh, let's see when he started coaching at SIU like 2001. Yeah, 2001. So I was eight. Yeah, he's yeah. a player's a coach too, which is absolutely there. fantastic. <laughs> yes, he is. He's 100 a player's coach. I mean, anybody that's going to give up some skin for their team, uh, like he did. That tattoo looks badass. I wish I could see the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, also just leads just, New Mexico State to their best season since like 1960, and and look where they were two years State. ago. I yeah, mean, right. look where this team was two years ago. You don't even have to go back that far to see just how far he's brought this team uh, to where they are now. And I don't look beating Auburn. That's the first SEC first win over an SEC school in program history. And you didn't just beat them; you beat them at their place, and you beat the shit out of them. Yeah, embarrassed them. Had the fans out of there with five minutes left in the game. <laughs> Good shit. But in everyone's defense, Auburn showed up for two games this year, and they lost both of them. Yes. And then, last but not least, we have our FCS Coach of the Year. Drum roll, please. Wait a dang minute. That says co-FCS Coach of the Year up there. Oh, uh, no. 
we're starting off with Greg Gattuso of Albany, but also there's one of our other finalists we couldn't live without awarding here. This is Bobby Hawk of Montana as well. Both of these guys, incredible job getting their teams. Both of these teams are now in the semifinal of the FCS playoffs, which uh, wasn't the reason they're co-awarded here, but just the absolute turnarounds for both of these schools. Montana, I'm talking about in season. Albany, I'm talking about compared to last year when they were a three-win team. Now they're a three-loss team and in the semifinals. (laughs) I mean, what a coaching job is for both of these guys. Uh, Also, Greg Gattuso is right now pretty active on Twitter. So if we tweet this at him real quick, he might actually respond. (laughs) We'll bring him on the show after the season. Uh, just, I left Montana for dead in like week four. And I know I've said that a lot at this point, but it's still shocking to me how, how much I didn't believe in the Grizzlies and then for them to turn around and, uh, be basically even odds with North Dakota state in the semifinal and run the table from that point on. Right. Right. This is a team that beat Ferris State by one score, Division II school. Yep. And then now they're whooping ass in the playoffs. Cool to see. <laughs> Love it. A little bit faster and go through all of our finalists, but it was good to award some of the guys who have definitely proven themselves over the course of this season and made – Division one college football as fun as it was this year. No, I definitely, definitely fantastic year. I'm sad that it's starting to wind down. I am a little excited for bowl season. Uh, and realistically, we bowl got season. We got what? You want to talk about bowl season? So we got 43 games left. Uh, yeah. Thanks. About <laughs> about that. I printed off. And Doug, you're season. going. You're going to two of them, right? I am back to back days. Yeah, Doug, we need a we need a report at the end of the year of your college football travels this year because they have been it's absolutely not, amazing and wild. And you watch a lot. Really of not that impressive, but I did go to a game almost every weekend, which was cool. And uh, yeah, I'm going to two bowl games back to back days: Liberty Bowl and the Music City Bowl. So, getting real familiar with the state of Tennessee. <laughs> We're gonna get real familiar with some Memphis barbecue too. Hell yeah, that's what that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) He he's familiar, trust me. I'm gonna get more familiar. I'm I'm already more familiar than you are, so it's fine. Right. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna go with some links here because I think we're winding the show down early this tonight. Just we got through everything pretty quick. I mean, this should be this should be like normal. But yeah, last episode good. was it like two and a half hours. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, our links are scrolling down below. They are, uh, they will be linked in the description as well. And I will re- uh, read them off to you here just to please these two gentlemen over here with me. We have patreon.com slash BT football, twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches. All one word x.com slash BT football, facebook.com slash BT football, instagram.com slash BT underscore football. BDTfootball.com, mailbox at BDTfootball.com, youtube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches. Again, all one word. 
Bug, I know you're waiting for it with bated breath. I'm still not reading the Discord link. That will be linked Fish. in the description below. <laughs> do you guys want a, a, a Christmas dad joke or do you want a dirty joke? I'll give you guys an option today. Both. Por- pork and Elvis Toast. Both. <clears throat> All right. We'll start with a Christmas joke since it is the okay. holiday season. Good. I almost feel like I should do a Hanukkah joke. Maybe that'll be Thursday. We'll be closer to the end of Hanukkah. Hey, what nationality is Santa Claus? North Polian? Close. Um, hold up. Oh, he's a pole. No, actually, that's... Ooh, never mind. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> North Polish. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> That's good. That's good. Close. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is 69 plus 69 equal? Uh, great time. Dinner for four. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is clearly all the time we have in the show today. Thank you for watching and or listening. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the trenches. <laughs>